This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time in a very, very tired state. <laughs> very tired indeed. Uh, good morning to all of you. I hope you're doing good. hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm working on about four hours sleep this morning. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, I, a flight last night was supposed to kind of leave at around 10 Denmark time. Um, uh, which is obviously nine UK time. Didn't end up leaving till about gone eleven Denmark time, and then arrived back in the UK uh, closer to midnight. Didn't manage to get back to the car that was about one in the morning, so I didn't get home until about um, about two in the morning. Uh, and so, obviously, working on about four or five hours sleep today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. You can probably tell from my face how tired I am, but I didn't want to let you down. My voice isn't in the best of form either, as you probably noticed too. Um, but uh, I didn't want to let you down. I didn't want to not bring you a show. And so the alarm was set. I got up this morning. I made the show. And uh, here we are talking about it. So uh, good morning. Uh, good morning to everyone joining us uh, in the chat box, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much uh, for doing show. If you could drop a like. In this state, I'd really appreciate it. So if you could drop a like, uh, that'd be great. Uh, good morning to people joining us, though. Uh, Mark, good morning to you, to Barry, to Esmond. Uh, good morning to Nick. Good morning to Rancid. Good morning to Lynn. Good morning to Stuart, Trevor, Mark, Brad. Uh, we've got uh, Griffiny, Stuart, Chima. And uh, Stuart says, Tom, when are you going away next so that we'll get our next signing? Well, I am going away again because um, this was kind of a three-day break. It wasn't like a proper... Uh, holiday. My next break, I leave on, uh, let me just find out when I'm going to be leaving, the 7th of July. So in on Friday is when I leave my next holiday. I'm going down to the South Coast. I'm not going abroad, so there's no none of that, but we're going down to the New Forest for a week with uh, with my uh, in-laws. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm, there is said to be Wi-Fi where we're going, so I'm hoping I'm still going to be able to do the show. There will be content. I can promise you that. There will be content. Uh, I just need to kind of work out whether or not it's going to be feasible 
uh, in this kind of form, depending on the Wi-Fi, depending on I can hotspot my laptop, things like that. So we'll wait and see. But fingers crossed, everything will be fine, everything will be working, and everything will run smoothly. Uh, good morning. Uh, let's uh, go on with today's story, shall we? Let's crack on with everything. I know that's what you're here for, so let's do that. First of all, our first story, Jen Beattie has signed a brand-new contract with the Arsenal ladies. Uh, Jonas about getting another um, piece of good news after we talked about, of course, uh, yesterday, Alstedt and Lacasse joining uh, on permanent contracts. So the Arsenal women looking in very fine fashion going into the brand new season. Pablo Marie, uh, is his exit was confirmed by the club. Uh, he, of course, joins Monza after spending the season there on loan where he had uh, an oblig- uh, obligatory Clause, a tough word, at 8 a.m. after four hours sleep, uh, an obligatory clause in his contract, which allowed him to uh, join the club on a permanent deal uh, for around eight or so million pounds if they stayed up. And they did. So indeed, Pablo Marie. Uh, will be um, no longer an Arsenal player. Reese Nelson's contract, meanwhile, has now expired. It is July 1st, uh, which is an important date in the calendar because it means players like Ainsley Maitland-Niles have gone. Um, his contract expired. No longer an Arsenal player. Uh, Reese Nelson, though, despite his contract expiring, has a de- agreed a new deal. Uh, Charles Watts reporting yesterday that that is to be signed and made official once he's returned from his holidays. So uh, looking forward, hopefully, to seeing that uh, announced very soon indeed. Now, Nuno Tavares' agent has been speaking and claims that he wants his... Well, claims that... Um, sorry, he has claimed that his client has said to him that he wants to stay at Arsenal. He says he wants to stay in the team, but also did point out that nothing is as of yet confirmed and that things can still change. So Nuno Tavares's future remains very much uncertain. He returned from Marseille after what was an unsuccessful loan. It'd probably be, uh, be fair to say uh, from his time there. It wasn't the most uh, exciting of periods. Yes, he scored six goals. They all came at the start of the season. And uh, that obviously is a very, very frustrating situation for him. Um, but for Nuno Tavares, his future at Arsenal just seems very much in doubt uh, at this stage. And I, I can't I can't see anyway. I can't see how uh, his future will be resolved so that he stays at Arsenal. But uh, yeah, we'll wait and see on this one. But interesting words from his agent. Now, a bit of a long one, this one. Um, but stick with me. Nicolas Pepe has opened up on Arsenal's uh, on his life at Arsenal and his difficulties at the club. Uh, speaking in an interview with uh, with Cole Interview, uh, as quoted by Get French Football News or Get Football News France uh, on the website. Uh, I'll read you the quotes. Uh, it's a few paragraphs. So uh, listen in, sit back, relax, <laughs> hear what he's got to say. He says, people say that he, Arteta, identified me as a player that wasn't up to the level of his team in his philosophy. It's completely false. When he arrived, he had Manchester City's philosophy. He had a squad that was filled with quality and backups in every position. When he spoke to me, he said he counted on me. He wanted me to do this or that. And you have to focus on that. He improved me in every way. He spoke to me the whole time. I watched videos with his assistants all the time. He really believed in me. He said I had incredible potential, so we need to extract that potential. At the end of the first season, he spoke to me and told me to do this or that. And the second season comes along and I was a substitute. I was going mad. How could I be a substitute when he was counted on me? 
everything is spinning in your head. I was a substitute for what felt like 10 matches. It was at the time when they signed Willian. He's a number 10 or a winger, but he plays on the wing for like 11 or 12 matches in a row. My head turned knowing that I had spoken with the coach and it wasn't like that. But that improved in the sense that he gave me a chance. I scored against Sheffield United at the Emirates. The confidence started to come back. I started to speak better, but it was a bit cold. I started to speak to agents, but we didn't see each other like before. But it improved. It's not true that he labelled me. Not true at all. He helped me in every way. On a tactical level, in terms of game intelligence, because of philosophy requires a lot of intelligence, he knew my style of play wasn't waiting in possession. It was cutting inside. It wasn't waiting out on the right before I was a bit freer. I had to wait in my zone and I wasn't like that before. These are parts of my game that he tried to improve. He always wanted to help me with all of that. It's a really interesting interview, actually. He continues to go on to to ask about his future. He says, I will return to Arsenal. I was loaned out without a buy option, so I have to go back to Arsenal. I don't know about my future yet. When I get back, I'll speak with the coach and everyone and see what everyone's ideas are and we'll make a decision. It's really interesting, actually, hearing our, uh, hearing Nicolas Pepe talk about his future like this and actually talk about Arteta in a really positive way. You wouldn't think necessarily that that would be the case, but he speaks openly and honestly about how Arteta helps him and uh, how kind of there are misconceptions about Arteta's time um, with Pepe as well. I think ultimately, from my point of view, it is wrong place, wrong time. He wasn't the right player for Arsenal. Arsenal wanted Wilfred Zaha when they signed him. And he deserved to play in a team at that period of time where it was going to absolutely, you know, highlight and emphasise and encourage and elevate his abilities. And uh, for that, you just I have to respect the fact that when he moves elsewhere, he's probably going to do a lot better than he's done at Arsenal. And, and that's absolutely fine. He just needs to find a situation where ultimately he's going to thrive. And, and that's not going to be at Arsenal, but hopefully Arsenal can make uh, a strong solution to this in the near future. Now, a very interesting story regarding Granite Xhaka. Uh, the Mirror reporting uh, yesterday that uh, Granite Xhaka's deal to buy Leverkusen whilst agreed on personal terms could now take something of a twist and see Arsenal earn more money. Because of the early indications that it was going to be a short-term contract, Arsenal were more open to allowing Xhaka to leave. But the indications now suggest that Bayer Leverkusen are looking to sign Xhaka up to a four-plus-year contract, which would be a major signing on the books for the club as well. And Arsenal feel that that should be replicated, or rather represented, in the fee that they get for him. And therefore, there are suggestions, from the Mirror at least, that Arsenal may demand now closer to £20 million for Granite Xhaka this summer, if he indeed is to move on. We'll wait and see if that turns out to be the case, but there were said to be agreements around the £30 million figure a couple of months ago, or less than a couple of months ago. Um, But let's see if Arsenal now end up getting more money than was previously touted for the midfielder, or if uh, suggestion is what is uh, and what ends up being the amount of money in the end. Now, Urian Timber continues to see talks with Arsenal accelerate. We know that the deal with Ajax has been agreed at the price tag of upwards of £40 million. Some interesting quotes coming out actually from Mike Varvike of The Telegraph suggesting that despite the fact that he is allowed to be on holiday, that he'd already actually reported back to Ajax's training camp to suggest that he wanted to stay fit and be ready for his new move, which is really good and a really great insight into the type of character that Arsenal are getting as well. There's an expectation that now this deal will accelerate 
accelerate towards completion at the turn of this month. Of course, with it turning into July, it does mean that signings made are on a different year books, if that makes sense. So a lot of teams have waited until July for the business to be confirmed. West Ham and Arsenal, I think, prefer to do that with Declan Rice. And it seems that Chelsea, for instance, didn't want to do that with Kai Havertz. And that's why the deal was done before July. And there's also something to be said about that for people that suggest that Arsenal need to do their deals early and that they're going to judge Arsenal on the deals that they've done at the start of the window. What I would say to that is that I think this situation between June and July and the difference between the two months and what benefits and what hinders clubs' business in terms of doing it in either month should certainly be taken into account. And so to see Arsenal now, hopefully, getting both Timber and, of course, our next story being Declan Rice over the line, there's an assessment that this deal for Declan Rice will be agreed on Monday and that the uh, the closing final details are there between both clubs and that tomorrow, uh, oh, the day after tomorrow, it's Saturday, I'm losing track of days. But Monday, uh, hopefully, we could see a big piece of news coming out regarding Declan Rice and that move to Arsenal that we all know at this point is agreed, moving towards that announcement. And so we are hopefully very soon going to be moving in a direction where we get a confirmation, announcement videos. Look, no pressure, Arsenal. But my favourite announcement video is the Aubameyang announcement in the January window of, I think it was, what, uh, 2018? Um, This needs to be the best announcement video, period. Like, it has to be. It's our record signing. This has to be the best announcement video we've ever seen at Arsenal. No pressure, guys. I don't want it leaked either. I'd really rather it wasn't leaked. I'd really rather it was dropped. So I'm looking forward, hopefully, to that. And uh, we'll see an improvement in the ones that we've seen so, uh, seen going around recently. I like Havertz's as one. I like the one with the, uh, uh, the, the the box with the Arsenal shirt being taken from uh, London to, to where he was on holiday. That was great. But let's get a good one for Declan Rice, please. Right then, uh, that's part one. Let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. So, a uh, very quick thing. Of course, I've been talking to you about our Guna Talk Macmillan fundraiser. I know that a few people have been uh, that are abroad, based in the US and other places, have been having trouble with donating. Um, at the moment, it seems it's only for those based in the UK that can donate. I am going to try and chase up on that, um, but let's wait and see. Um, I'm hoping to see it opened up to the wider world so that you can support this great cause. But for now... It seems, unfortunately, it's only UK, but I am going to try and get that sorted. So 
do bear with us in that regard. Um, there was a couple of things in the chat box. Uh, let's go to uh, Sweet says, hey, Tom, I never get to comment live because I watch YouTube through a browser, so I don't get the ads. But after reading that title, I'm here. Fingers crossed you're about to tell me that Xhaka is staying. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be it's going to be staying. It seems the twists in this regard is more so toward Arsenal getting more money for the player. Um, but I know that, that a lot of people still want to see him stay but let's wait and see jay's asking about memberships you can find out all the information about memberships down in the uh, the video description there is a link tree link that if you click that will take you to our link tree and then if you go on the the membership page you can find out all the information there um says tom do you think declan's announcement might take longer than havertz considering how big this is for the club um I mean, obviously, that deal was completed slightly later um, than than the deal that we've seen for, uh, you know, for Kai Havertz. So there was a natural that it was going to be announced later. I think that obviously it being a bigger deal, there's a lot more things to kind of sort out. Um, but also that there was a, a delay because they wanted, I think, to wait through to July before it was completed. So let's let's wait and see. Hopefully... It's next week. Hopefully we get an announcement on Declan Rice and Yuri and Timber next week. That's what we got to hope for. Fingers crossed we get that. That's that's the hope. Uh, Irfan says, what's going on with Matt Turner? That's a really good question. What is going on with Matt Turner? Well, of course, he is at the moment playing in the US men's national team, playing in the uh, the Gold Cup uh, right now. Uh, we've seen them uh, in a 1-1 draw of Jamaica where he saved a penalty. They then beat St. Kitts and Nevis 6-0. Um, in a, a really strong uh, performance, it seems, against a side, of course, that aren't going to be blessed with loads of quality in comparison to their opponents in that game. And then on Monday at midnight, they'll be taking on, or UK time, uh, they'll be taking on Trinidad and Tobago as well. So look forward to seeing the combination of the group stages. But that's where uh, Matt Turner is right now. He'll be returning to the club after the completion of that tournament. But it may affect how quickly, Erfan, he does return uh, to pre-season by playing uh, in that tournament. So you're going to have to bear with, I'm afraid. Uh, you have to wait a little bit for uh, for him to come back. So let's wait and see what happens. Let's scroll up a little bit. Uh, Reese's Tom, the old British core of Ox, Jenkinson, Walcott, Wilshire and Ramsey. How does the new English core weigh up to them in terms of Rice, Ramsdale, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Nelson and Ben White? Oh, it's a step up, isn't it? It's it's something of a serious, serious Step up. Stephen says, what happens next, Tom? A lot of sales and a couple more signings before the window closes. I don't know if it's going to be a couple. You know, we've got three in. I don't know if it's going to be five. It depends on who leaves. I think that's really important. Of course, we're going to continue to monitor these situations with Romeo Lavia. Um, I think the Moises Caicedo situation, obviously, is seeming to move in towards a conclusion for Chelsea or Man United. Chouameni has been talked about as well. I see James asking the question here about these players. Uh, a midfielder, I think, is the focus. I think that's the potential deal that we might see done. So let's, let's wait and see what ends up happening. But uh, I'm looking forward... Um, to hopefully some exciting different links. We've been talking about the same kind of, you know, the same level of of player, the same names for so long. Uh, I really hope uh, that we see an improvement uh, in the number of different names. We want some chaos. We want silly season back. Let's get some ridiculous names to talk about. And uh, you can, of course, be sure that we'll be across all of things that go on in the window between now and the end of the season. Yes, Arsenal have done their business, but this is still going to be your one-stop shop every single morning at 8am for all the latest Arsenal news. So make sure that you are returning after these deals are confirmed because any any further news of outs and ins we'll be talking about on the channel and giving our thoughts on as well. 
Um, Adai says, what are your thoughts on the European suspension of Man City for two years as reported yesterday? Uh, let's have a quick set. Man City European suspension. Let's get the facts. Uh, I don't see anything on that. I'm not seeing anything on it. So you're going to have to send me a link offline, Ade, but I've seen nothing on that, I'm afraid. Uh, Jonas says, hi, Tom. Uh, let's say we have at least 100 million left after these three signings and sales. Who do we spend? Well, what I would say is that um, this isn't the way that it works, sadly. I know that we often talk about how much money we have left to spend, how much of the budget have we invested. It doesn't actually work that way. Um, yes, Arsenal will have kind of in their minds a number of what they might be willing to invest, but... It actually works on an individual player basis. And we've talked about this before with valuations of players. And remember, I told you that the Kai Havertz deal did not affect how much we could spend in the Declan Rice deal. I told you before that £105 million big game in. I told people to stay calm on the Declan Rice thing. I told people to stop saying, oh, if we'd only not spent this much on Havertz, we could have gone the extra mile for Rice. I tried to tell you that it did not matter. It did not affect how much Arsenal could spend on Rice and... Lo and behold, that's happened. Um, so it's more to do with actually kind of the individual players that Arsenal want to sign, the valuation of those players, and also the spaces in the squad. That's the big question now is that I think Arsenal need to confirm the exits of some players before we can look at who can come in again because we've got a very bloated squad now with these three players coming in and a lack of, of exits at the moment. Uh, Spartan says, Tom, what are your thoughts about Rory Jennings saying that Arsenal would finish thirds and what do you think about Arsenal fans should expect from our club this season from trophies, title challenges and transfers? I mean, Rory's been very wrong before. <laughs> so, I mean, I've seen some crazy opinions on League Haaland, I think. Um, so I, I, you know, it's, it's entitled to his view. I can't say I agree with much of, of what he says. I think quite a lot of his hyperbole and exaggeration for a camera personally, I might be wrong, Rory. And if I am, I'm sorry, but that's just the way I see it. And I, I just, uh, yeah, Arsenal fans react, you know, I'm reacting right now. So wherever we are a very reactive bunch. And, uh, for me, uh, I think that, uh, the suggestion that Arsenal would finish third, is kind of just to get your attention. And it's worked. So there you go. Um, let's go to uh, scrolling down slightly more. Uh, Ant says, did you see rumours that we might still go for Caicedo? Um, I have seen them. Arsenal's interest is real. It's always been there. You know, we had Ben Jacobs from CBS come on the show and we had a good chat about Caicedo. To be that Arsenal would move if they missed out on Rice. That doesn't look to be the case. The price tag for Caicedo has always been a bit of a a question mark. That said, I did see some rumours yesterday that maybe a deal could be agreed around £75 million for Caicedo. Would that make Arsenal reconsider if they found out that was the case? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, I guess. But I've heard nothing that Arsenal are actively now pursuing Caicedo. Um, but that can change. Things change very quickly in the window. Chelsea are very, very far ahead and advanced in that deal. And the talks for under that deal, though, it should be said. But it would be nice to hijack a Chelsea deal. <laughs> and we can show that it can be done quickly if we need to. Um, no, Nanny, uh, Nami, sorry, says, uh, hey, Tom, uh, what's happening with Cedric? Any rumors? And how difficult do you think it will be to complete our outgoings? <laughs> On the second point, it's going to be tricky. You know, there are players that not many clubs want. Um, there are players that you're going to struggle to get good fees for. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of fans out there that are, are expecting a lot more money than we're going to get for some of those players. It's just the reality of the situation, sadly. Um, but on Cedric, the latest information was that we got is that he wanted to fight for his place. I don't see that happening. Um, 
either with him actually staying. So I can't see him fighting for his place amongst White, Tomiyasu, Timber, uh, and potentially even a right back if we look to move for one. There's suggestions that we still have an interest in Ivan Fresnader, so that's not out the window. Um, I think he's a player that you'll see move on probably towards the end of the window, but let's let's wait and see uh, what ends up happening. Uh, William says, Tom, did you scout anyone from Copenhagen? Wouldn't mind a young, prolific, world-class Danish striker for 15 to 20 million. No, but on the back of my Copenhagen show that you would have seen me wear uh, yesterday, uh, I did get the young Icelandic winger Haraldsson, who I did a little bit of research into. I was like thinking, if I'm going to go Copenhagen, I should probably look into if I'm going to get a shirt, who should go on the back. So he's an interesting young uh, 20-year-old winger to look at, um, maybe one for the future. I'm not too shabby at you know, picking up on the the youngsters that are coming through the ranks and, and are the most exciting, you know, Zoboslai, of course, uh, <laughs> Asensio, etc. But uh, yeah, Haraldsson is maybe one for you guys to keep an eye on at Copenhagen and maybe one for the future Iceland international winger. Um, and uh, yeah, he's the one who's on the back of the Copenhagen shirt. So certainly one to look out for. Uh, would you take Enzo Lafie, says Nick? I think he's off to Ren. I think he's going to Ren from Lorient, is he? Um, so I don't think that's possible, but he's a very talented midfielder and certainly one that a lot of people suggest Arsenal should have been looking at. Um, Martin says, hey, Tom, great catch you on the morning show. Arsenal looking scary. They are indeed. It's exciting to be an Arsenal fan right now. Very exciting indeed. Um, Reese says, do we still need cover for Saka? Potentially. I think that there is an argument that Nelson and Jesus are providing options there. Trossard can also play on the right as well. Nicola Pepe's not left yet. You know, it's important to remember that. And Havertz, if he plays that false nine position, I think Jesus could play with him and, and rotate with, with Saka if we need him to. But let's let's wait and see. Uh, Termite Gamers says, uh, multi-club model question, Tom. Have Arsenal, uh, Arsenal have the Colorado Rapids, of course, but do you think we'd benefit from KSE investing in a European or Brazilian team? Any personal favourites? Um personal favorites not brazilian teams on the continent most of the teams that i like on the continent are not of the size that you would look to invest in i know chelsea have invested in strasbourg i think recently um which i think the kai Havertz still has kind of paid for in some ways weirdly uh just not factually just kind of the money you know that's involved in those deals but is there any clubs that i look at in france um you know uh, i used to like paris fc just because kind of they were the underdogs to psg uh, as a club called paris fc maybe them <laughs> just for the just for the say we've got like we, we've signed paris fc <laughs> maybe that's the team but in terms of what do i think about the multi-club model i absolutely think it's something arsenal should do i did a video um on brexit believe it or not way back uh, i think it was in 2020 or I looked at kind of the multi-club model and I looked at Brexit. If you type in the Gunatalkan Brexit or not, it should it should come up. I think you should be able to still see it. I know I privatized a lot of the early videos because um, we were getting like copyright strikes on lots of early stuff. But let me type in the Gunatalk Brexit. Let's see if it comes up. Uh, I'm not seeing it immediately. So maybe, maybe sadly it's not there anymore. But uh, yeah, I, I did a show where I looked at kind of the fact that Sheffield United and Brighton and some other clubs had some Belgian teams. Man City have got Lommel SK in Belgium. They've got Twy in France. They've got uh, Girona uh, in Spain. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's, I think it's potentially 
something that we should look at. Rayo Vallecano is a great shout, maybe. They're doing all right, to be fair. Um, and they just lost their manager. Rayola's gone to Bournemouth. So um, maybe somewhere we should be looking at to try and partner with. That's a good idea, though, for sure. Uh, next says, Tom, would you take Sergei Milinkovic Savic for £40 million? Yes. Yes, I would. I would happily do that. Um, Akmal says, what do journalists mean when they say X club is ahead in the race for this player when there is still no bids nor personal terms agreed? How do they quantify which club is quote unquote ahead? Good question, Akmal. Um, usually this is down to talks uh, with the player and club. So if you're ahead in the race, what it means is that the talks that you one club, let's say club A is talking with um, hypothetically Brighton to try and sign a player. If Club A's valuation, if the talks that they've been having, the negotiations, the discussions are a closer figure to what Brighton want compared to Club B, you would say Club A are ahead in the race right now. But if, say, uh, the Rice situation, you know, Man City put in a bid that was bigger initially than Arsenal's first two bid, because even though it was worth the same amount of money, the more money was being up front, the add-ons are more favourable and realistic. And then Arsenal was still said to be in front, even though Man City had put in that bid. And the reason why Man Arsenal was still said to be in front is because of the factor of Declan Rice being uh, and preferring a move to Arsenal. So there's a lots of factors that are involved in a club being ahead of another club in the race. It could be to do with how close you are in terms of valuation. It might be how far advanced talks are with the club. It might be how quickly negotiations are being had. It might be to do with the player's side of things, the player's preference, personal terms being already agreed. Um, it might be that uh, a club that needs to move players on has, has, has not done that yet, and another club that's battling with them doesn't need to move players on, so they're ahead in the race because they don't need to do that. There's lots of factors, Akmal, but it's not kind of a... A, you know, a one rule for all type of thing that proves one club ahead of another. There are lots of reasons why one club could be ahead of, of another in the race. But it's also important to remember that things can change. So you think about the Mudrick situation, Arsenal were in front of Chelsea all the way up until they just decided in a split second to go, right, we're going to go big. We're going to go 88.5 million pounds, 100 million euros, offer loads of, of benefits with that deal in terms of the add-ons, in terms of the structure, in terms of the player side of things. And they smashed, you know, ahead of Arsenal in that race. So despite the fact that Arsenal can be, quote, confident about things and that Arsenal can, um, you know, think they're leading and, and feel very confident, it, it doesn't mean anything really. That's why I always kind of, I never, I, I never want to buy too much into the Arsenal are confident because Arsenal are always going to be confident if we're honest. Arsenal are always going to back themselves to get deals done. Um, but unfortunately, that's not always going to be the case as we sadly very much well know uh, in the case of Arsenal as well. Um, William says, anyway, we can keep Xhaka for one more season and sell Partey to Saudi. Uh, otherwise, pay what Gabri Vega's release clause is rather than signing Lavia or potentially, what about Sergei Milinkovic-Savage? I don't think Xhaka will stay. It seemed to me that he's kind of made his peace with moving on. Um, that certainly felt the way when I spoke to him after the Nottingham Forest game. He was assured, like he was certain that he was going to be, you know, we would know his future before the Wolves game. And clearly the club pulled rank on that. But, you know, he told myself and Simon Collings that we would hear about his future uh, before the Wolves game, and we've not. So 
Very interesting indeed how things have changed. I think Arsenal are within their rights to want to ask for more money. So let's wait and see. Um, but I don't think he's going to stay. On Gabri Vega, good player. Um, but I'm not sure that he's the player that we would be looking for now we've signed uh, Havertz. Uh, Man City are also said to be having an interest in Gabri Vega now as well. Lavia, I'd love to sign. Sega Minkovic-Savic, I'd be open to signing as well. So let's see what happens. But I think Lavia looks the most likely right now of all the players in midfield that we're still linked with. You know, if, if there were, if I was to place any money on what signing I think could be after Rice and Timber, Lavia would be the obvious candidate. But things can change very quickly. It could be somebody else. So let's let's wait and see on that one. Um, Terry says, uh, Jaden Sancho. He's on his way to Spurs for forty-four million pounds. Uh, let's see if that's true. Uh, <laughs> that seems kind of mad. Eleventh uh, of June, there was a report from Talksport that suggests Spurs are lining up a fifty million pound move for um, <laughs> for Jaden Sancho. I've not seen anything recently on that. Four days ago, Tottenham warned they may be about to sign another Jaden Sancho after £40 million bid for James Madison. I suppose that's more towards thinking that he's going to flop, which is interesting. Um, I can confirm that uh, you may you may remember um, I, I, I went to Dan Potts' show um, to talk about kind of, this was before the Rice deal was confirmed. And we were talking about Havertz as well. And we were also talking about James Madison. And I said that I... You know, I was asked, would I rather have a 65 million or Madison 50 million at the time? And now 40 million, of course, that's what he's gone for. And I said I lean towards Havertz because Mikel Arteta has given me no reason not to trust why I shouldn't want the players that he's pushing for us to try and sign. And uh, we've made a bet around, I think it's 50 million. 50 million? Wow, imagine that. 50 pounds <laughs> uh, will be donated to Cancer Macmillan support by the loser uh, of whichever player scores less uh, and assists less. So uh, if Havertz gets more goal contributions in the Premier League next season than Madison, Dan will be donating £50 of Cantor McMillan support. If Madison gets more goals and assists in the Premier League next season, I will be donating £50 to Cantor McMillan support. So you've heard that officially here. We shook on it on Twitter. Uh, that deal is done. <laughs> so let's see what happens in that regard as well. Uh, Pear says, if you could only keep one out of Partey, Xhaka, Tierney, Eddie and Balogun, who would you take? Good question. Um, maybe Balogun. I think it's between Balogun and Partey. The reasons why, I think Partey has the competition with Rice. I'd be really intrigued to see what Rice and Partey can do as a, as a pair. Um, Balogun, of course, just seeing him stay and seeing him giving an opportunity that's what I'm most excited to to kind of see is if Balogun has a shot at Arsenal, which at the moment doesn't look like that's the case. Uh, James says, in the level of attractiveness for players to want to join, where do Arsenal sit in this moment? I actually wrote about this recently. I wrote about this last month. I said, Arsenal are the most attractive as a club that they have ever been. And I mean more so as a club than, you know, I, I think potentially since the Champions League final, at least. After they won the league in 2004, we saw obviously Padre Vieira leave a year later after the FA Cup final in 2005. Um, Thierry Henry left, you know, a year after the Champions League final. I think Arsenal were potentially as a club the most attractive they've been at least since that Champions League final, potentially at least since the end of uh, our last league title as well. Um, that's what I think. In terms of other teams, 
you know, I certainly think that in terms of we're up there with, you know, you look at, we, we just beat a Man City to Declan Rice. You know, that, that in itself is a big one. Real Madrid, interestingly, there was reports yesterday suggesting that they made a push to try and sign Kai Havertz towards the end of negotiations with Arsenal, but it was too late. And he still wanted to sign for Arsenal. Bayern Munich was said to be interested in Havertz as well. Bayern Munich was said to be interested in Timber, so were Man United. Arsenal have won the race for three players, it seems, and beating off some pretty mean competition as well. So uh, let's wait and see. Uh, let's wait and see what happens. Uh, Anya says, I'd pick Tierney to stay. I think Timber uh, is perfect for Tierney. He'd be able to play as a left-back, tucking in as a left-centre-back, a role that he's had for a few uh, great performances in. What do you think? I think if Timber plays right-back and Tierney plays left-back, surely Tierney's the one that'd be getting forwards rather than Timber. Timber's, you know, I know he progresses the ball and he drives the ball into midfield in possession, but I feel as though if you've got Timber on the right, you could play Tierney left still and, and get that progression. But maybe, maybe not. Uh, I think that people mistake Tierney's better defensive abilities compared to Zinchenko as a misconception to think he's more a defensive fullback. He's not. You know, he's very much a traditional up the line, up you know, up and down the, the flanks kind of fullback. And uh, he doesn't necessarily bring the balance that you'd see. But I think he could play with all manner of different options at right back. And he plays that traditional style. So let's see uh, what happens with Tierney. But it, there's been very little noise about an exit of late. But that's not to say that he couldn't move on. Kivior, Nick says, is more solid. Kivior's a player that I think has gone under the radar. And actually, next season, I'm very intrigued to see what we get from Jakub Kivior and whether or not his uh, his presence in the team improves things. Um, Declan Rice in the chat box asking, what are the chances that Spurs keep Kane for the final season? I think if they lose him, it'll be a good night season for them. Lot. It depends. Spurs are a little bit of an unknown quantity this season. Reason for that is because Ange Postacoglu, who's of course the manager they brought in from uh, Celtic, is a bit of an unknown quantity for a lot of people. He is a very highly regarded coach. Um, and certainly those in Australia rate him very, very highly indeed. If he is a very good coach, he is sure to get more out of the team than the likes of Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho, uh, etc. have got recently. So, and Espirito Santo, of course. They could still, without Kane, pull off some interesting results. And if they get a, a cohesive group under Ange Postacoglu, who knows? But his experience in the Premier League is zero. He's obviously played European football with Celtic. But uh, let's see. Spurs are an interesting one. Don't discount them. I know it's really easy and it's really wanting of us to do that, but they're an interesting factor with Postacoglu as the coach because he's quite an unknown factor. Um, Conte, sure, was you know a world-renowned, world-class coach, but he had a very distinct style and it wasn't pretty and it was very defensive and I don't think it suited necessarily the players they had. So... And Postacoglu's style could, in fact, suit them. But we're going to have to wait and see, and let's see what indeed does end up happening. Um, thank you, everybody that's tuned into the show. I'm going to be wrapping up and going back to bed, quite frankly. Um, but thank you, everybody that's tuned in. It's very much appreciated. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back potentially a little bit later on tonight. We might be doing another evening show because I'm back now in the UK. Uh, it means I can do some more evening shows. I've got some really exciting stuff planned, some really good guests lined up. I'm looking forward to bringing you a tactical breakdown on Declan Rice very soon as well as well. Um, with hopefully a very good guest. So look forward to that. Uh, if you haven't already, please do drop a like on the video. It'd be very much appreciated if you did that. Uh, it takes you just a second and it really, really does help us out. If you are based in the UK and you haven't yet donated to our 
charitable fundraiser in support of Cancer Macmillan as we try and uh, achieve the longest day golf challenge. And I will be chasing this up for those based outside of the UK to find out how indeed you can get involved with our uh, fundraiser as well. But thank you, everyone. It's very much appreciated for you all tuning in. I hope you have a brilliant weekend. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.